Hey, and welcome to When She Leads, a podcast for women in ministry. I'm your host, Brenda Leavenworth, and I want to sit around the table with you, grab a cup of coffee, and consider the complexities and realities of leading as a woman. I'll be joined by an awesome team of women from across the globe, and together we'll bring our experience, research, victories, and of course, our failures. Listen in as we confront each topic biblically and practically. Joining me at the table today is the lovely Rosemary Katie and our special guest, Christine Flores. Hello. Happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. Hi. I'm so glad you guys are here. Uh, Welcome to the table. And I wanted to chat with you ladies in particular because you both have such a heart for the unique topic that we're going to be discussing today, disabilities and special needs within ministry. And so our desire today is to bring awareness to this topic. And I think we all have a common goal of just becoming better, better listeners, better grace givers, better ministers of the gospel. So today, for me, with you guys sitting at the table, this is really going to be a learning day for me as well, I hope, for many leaders that are listening to us. And so, Christine, this this subject not only, for both of you, this subject's not only near and dear to your heart um, professionally, Christine, and mm-hmm. as a servant of Christ, but um, for both of you, this this subject hits home too. So, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, I have a now 24-year-old adult child, and um, at three years old, he was diagnosed with mild mental retardation, which has now been called intellectual disability, ID. And with that has come some valleys and some mountaintops and um, and a learning and a continual learning for me as a parent, but also just um, it showed me and opened my eyes up to this community around me that I never really, um, that I tried to actually keep David from in some ways. And now I'm embracing it more and more as I see he needs it more and more. So yeah, it's definitely a part of my life. So he's in he's in his early twenties now. Uh-huh. So you've had a lot of experience dealing yes. um, with his disability, and you also work um, in this field. and yes. And then you're in ministry. So tell us about those two things really quickly. Okay. Well, I've been working oh, um, in the special needs community within the school district within San Bernardino County, um, working with preschoolers with autism, um, working with um, school-age children with autism. I am also have been a behavior assistant working with kids with behaviors. So I'm constantly learning myself working with children because the spectrum is so broad and every child is so different and you're continually learning. And then as far as ministry, uh, I run the Moms Inspired uh, ministry we have here, which is for moms who have littles, preschool or younger. So yeah. Awesome. And Rosemary, this is, this is a very near and dear uh, topic for you as well. And you... We're sharing with me personally that you have a burden for people to understand and give grace to those um, around us because um, some disabilities are easy to see, like a physical disability is really easy to see, but others are unseen. And a lot of times the parents are silent about these disabilities or maybe the child doesn't want anyone to know or um, even the parents or even adults that that struggle don't want people to know. So what what would you want leaders to know today? 
Yes, that's all true. So I think it's it's important that um, we have grace because you don't know what's going on with the people around you. You don't know their situations. And, um, and in extending that grace, it's just trying to just meet them where they're at, just try to have understanding of why they might be doing what they do or behaving how they behave. And I think that's just so important for us as uh, people at the church that we extend grace. Mm-hmm. Amen. And you were giving me um, a statistic um, yesterday. We were talking about some statistics about this, and I think at the beginning of the show, just kind of like um, just talking about like what's the current like sort of temperature of what's going on here. Yeah. So you know, just nowadays, this is the thing that everybody's talking about that we want to be accepting. We want to be people who. Um, you know, in in this community and in the political environment and in all places, they're just saying, you know, just accept people for who they are and just whatever they are and whatever they want to be. And that's kind of the message that's out in the world. But gosh, when I hear that, it's, I know what they're saying and what they're talking about. Just let people be alone, let them do what they want and decide how they want to decide to live their lives. And then when you think about coming here to church and how should we be at church? Well, we should definitely be accepting too. Everyone is always welcome in our doors. We should always welcome people, whoever they are and whatever situation they have. And so I wanted to do this topic today because I feel like um, that's a struggle for people. A lot of people want to go to church and have what I kind of have termed as a club mentality, that they want to go there and find people who are just like them, who have kids, their kids' age, who are just like them, same interests, people they can hang out with in a little environment they can create for themselves that's Christian and have play dates and hanging out with people who are just like them. And what I want to challenge is that mentality that church is not meant to be a place where we go and hang out and have a club mentality. Church is a hospital for the sick. It's a place for the needy. It's for a place for those of us who need Jesus desperately, and we know that. Mm-hmm. And it's a place then that we should have a welcoming attitude that all you sick, all of you are welcome here, because that's how Jesus was. Yeah, I had read um, even last night as I was just, I myself was researching more um, because outside of just what's in my own home, but what is out there. And it said one third of families who have children with disabilities left the congregation because they didn't feel welcome. And some mm-hmm. of those, it said, even among those, left the Christian faith entirely. So wow. like you're saying, it does need to be a place where they feel welcomed and right. where they feel embraced. Um, well, that- and in church, you were saying, Rosemary, that this is 10 to 20% of our church yes. population mm-hmm. that deals with this. That might be even the ones that are just coming, but the ones that are left. I know in our in our church, we have people who the mom will come to the 9 a.m. service and the dad will come to the 11 because somebody has to stay home and and watch. Or in we're talking a lot about children, but it but it even affects adults. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know in our women's ministry, I know there are people that have disabilities, and I know that there are people who have special needs, and I know that, um, especially as an adult, I don't think. Well, I, at any age, I don't think that's something that you broadcast in, mm-hmm. um, because you do want to be treated with value and and with dignity, and um, you want to be wanted. And so, 
Here's um, even in as an adult, we deal with these things in ministry, and so I mm-hmm. think this is such. I'm I'm so excited that we're doing this topic because I think it's a well needed topic for for leaders, especially in the church, to um, hear. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so like what we were talking about is there's a variety of statistics out there, but looking at um, these variety of statistics put out by people like the World Health Organization, who says up to 20% of the worldwide population has disability. That's mm-hmm. humongous. That's mm-hmm. so many people, one out of five people. Mm-hmm. And that's why um, I wanted to go back and talk about the mentality of the church. I think this is so important that um, we do this podcast for people to have this awareness. Jesus says in Mark chapter 2, verse 17, he said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And I think that that should be our mentality, that we are here at the church not to create um, a comfortable environment for all of us to be at. And um, we need to have this outreach and this others thinking mentality. Yes, we come here to be um, learning and growing and we need fellowship, but it should not stop there. Mm-hmm. Right, definitely. And, um, you know, just, just a lot of things to talk about on this matter that um, what, what I was talking about is how difficult it is that you cannot see disability mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Like right. we were talking about disability can be physical or mental, um, which, which includes intellectual mm-hmm. um, disability as well. Things like autism, things like ADHD, and sometimes you just don't see that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you really need to extend grace. Um, just things I've seen and experienced is that, you know, you're doing a Bible study and someone gets up and walks out and you think, oh, how rude. Oh, they didn't like it, or what's the problem here? You know, why'd they leave my meeting or this thing that we're doing here at church? But instead, we should have grace and say, oh, I wonder if they're okay. Look, they left. Some leaders should check on them. We should right. make sure they're okay um, because you don't know why they left. And just knowing what I know about, you know, someone with uh, sensory dysfunction, um, ADHD, someone with autism, they might be completely overwhelmed um, by a smell in the room, let's say. Someone might be wearing a perfume right. that's making them sick because they have an overly sensitive system and they can't handle being in the room anymore. Maybe they're overwhelmed just by the amount of people. Maybe they're overwhelmed sitting in worship and, you know, maybe this family comes in late and misses worship every time. And you would say, oh, how terrible that you're not bringing your family for worship. But, you know, maybe we should have the mentality, oh, Family, how are you? Um, we've noticed that you're coming in and um, missing some worship. You know, how, how is it for your family? Can we accommodate you? Can we help you in any way? And just thinking that the music might be too overwhelming for someone in that family. So why, why don't we go about it in this way instead? Right. Mm-hmm. I think like you were saying, to add on to that, just to be observant is what you're saying, to be more aware. I think a lot of times um, that, we don't, because we don't see the outward and not necessarily like we need, like everybody's going to broadcast it or that we are going to go up to everyone. But there's, 
you know, notice the social cues, those that feel awkward, those that leave the room, like you said, those that um, have a hard time looking people in the eye, all those kind of things. It doesn't mean we shun away from that because it's awkward or uncomfortable for us, but even more so that we're to reach out and we, we get those cues of, okay, when we need to step away as well. So I think like you were saying, I think it's just being aware and observant and stepping out of what is comfortable for us. I think we get used to staying where we're comfortable and it takes stepping out of that. Right. I think for for a church leader too, the one of the things that that I think through is just the, number one. I need I need to be educated, but number two, I just need to um, understand that this is a whole family, um, a whole family that we need to minister to. Mm-hmm. The the parents are you know in the case of parent child, the parents are exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to navigate too, mm-hmm. having a a a unique child and what that looks like at home, at school, at church. Um, so I think, you know, maybe just share maybe even some of your personal experiences just with that, like what that is like for like a, a mom, you know, to have to deal with it. And what's the experience coming to church, Yeah, you know? Well, for me, I know I was 23 years old. I figured that out. 23 when my son was diagnosed. And at that point, I had been walking with the Lord for two years. So we were plugged into a community. Um, We had friends already established within the church and their kids. And so he had all of this around him. He was integrated into regular classrooms, and he was no different. As I was driving here this morning, I thought, you know, where it became more of a separation and where he became more lonely— Um, is when those kids grew up and started moving out and doing their things and becoming adults. And now he is still in this place of kind of solitude where he used to have that community. Um, And when I first found out, I mean, I weeped because what does this mean? I don't even know what this terminology means. Nobody gave me a pamphlet (laughs) of how, okay, this is what it's going to look like. Even with his disability, they couldn't tell me like, well, how much mental ability he would have going forward. It would just be all unknown. And when you're a baby Christian, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you. And this was a big blow. And and I wasn't fearful for me. I was fearful for him, fearful for how the world would treat him, fearful for what his future would look like, how he would be accepted, how he would function if we're not around. Who's going to care for him the way we care for him? And so um, all these things still stir in my heart, but I put that trust in the Lord. Um, but it has, and even going to church and being plugged in, again, he was integrated in different in the classrooms, just as normal, but um, you could he, there would start to be differences that as he got older that were more seen and more known, and not every child knows how to react and respond to those around them that are doing something different. And I really do think it needs to come to awareness and then parents being able to talk to their kids about what do we do if we see a kid drooling? What do we do if we see a kid just blurt out something? Like So they're not shock and mm-hmm. awe. I'm very thankful that my kids have are blessed in the way that they don't shock and awe about things that are different around them. Like my kids Mm. don't know how, what a blessing they have been given to have the heart and the view that God has given them towards others that maybe other people don't have because it's, it's, it's a normal world for them, if that makes sense. But yes, I I agree with what you're saying that um, being in a family where there's disability, it, it changes you Mm -hmm. through and through. Uh, my children have compassion. Mm-hmm. They look at others 
with eyes of compassion and grace and they say, oh, look at that person who might need help or who this, that, that. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's so valuable. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful that Mm -hmm. we have that opportunity to learn that Mm -hmm. and to be people like that. And I would say too that it's it's important that we in this podcast encourage parents to tr- to teach their children these values and this mm-hmm. way of looking at people. Mm-hmm. Don't look at people for what you can get out of them or mm-hmm. what you can benefit by being around them. That's not really a gospel-centered life. Right. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is be thinking like Jesus, how can we minister? How can we be a blessing? And in that way, you want to approach your relationships. So I think, you know, that's just so important that we we go to church and we don't just look at, um, oh, can I, you know, get um, in with the pastor? Can I hang out with the staff or, you know, just this Mm -hmm. kind of mentality? But instead, we should be a church and uh, people who have a culture of looking for someone who is in need. We should set a standard almost. You know, we're we're talking to leaders here and Mm -hmm. we should set that culture as an example that we look to those who might need something, not just those who might be fun to talk to, mm-hmm. or um, we want to talk about clothes with someone and, oh, you look cute and where'd you get your clothes? You know, maybe we should set a culture where we are looking to see how we can serve these ladies or these people mm-hmm. around us that God has brought. And we should be setting that culture that we should be going to the ones who might be the most needy or the most lowly and those who are in need. And not only, you know, the child with disability, but like you were saying, the family. Um, so many moms I know feel alone. I felt alone. And luckily I had the church and I could ask for prayer. That's the only thing I knew what it, to ask from the church is I just need prayer. There were so many times I was failing. I was frustrated. I felt lonely. I, um, I, I let my frustrations go beyond and I, I was felt guilty. There were so many things that I needed in the church, at least for me, was there to at least pray with. And I don't know mm-hmm. if everyone has that, someone to at least go to and just pray and be honest with. I had a, a church where I could go and attend and my child could go to summer camp and someone would look out for him. My, my son could grow up and now he can go to young adults camping trip and know that there's going to be people looking out for him. I am so blessed to have that community with it, at least within this church, but many people don't have that. And many people um, are already so defensive, honestly, that a lot of times as parents, at least I know working within the school district and the county, parents close down and they shut in mm-hmm. and they are very much an advocate and they feel like they always are fighting that they don't know how to almost just let others in as well. So it's kind of this push and pull. You're protecting and yet you have your guard up and yet sometimes you need to let it open and let other people in as well. So it's it's kind of a push and pull. That's hard because, Mm -hmm. I mean, who are they protecting? Are Mm -hmm. they protecting their child, they think? Mm -hmm. Are they protecting themselves? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, it's incredibly stressful having special needs Mm -hmm. in your family. (laughs) You know, it's, it's so much that you have to do uh, to get out the door to get in the church yes. building. I mean, I know so many families where this is this is a big deal to go somewhere oh, yeah. with mm-hmm. special needs, right? Just to put on shoes, just yeah. to get oh. those to just anything, yes. sensory, light, the mood right. of the day. The socks not right. How much they slept, right. you know? Yeah. Oh definitely. yeah. Just to say, <laughs> let's get our shoes on. 
and get in the car. For some families, uh, is a tremendous amount of stress. Yes. Lots of screaming. You know, yes. I've had this experience, so much screaming and crying that when I get in the car, I'm so stressed mm, out that. from that amount of screaming. And I'm, I'm just feeling this stress and just trying to relax that when I arrive somewhere, this is my experience. When I arrive somewhere, I'm just trying to get in the door right. Right. with with so much emotion and just so much stress. And then this is what's so funny is you come to church and there's three greeters at the door and they're like, catching me as I'm coming down the sidewalk. Hi, hi, you know, waving and opening the door. What's your name? Who are you? And you know, this kind of stuff. And I just want to get inside. I don't want to talk to three people at the door. And it's so overwhelming. And my child wants to run away and get back in the car and go home. And I'm like, get in that building, get in that building. You know, it's so stressful. Or you get there and then they're like, come get your child. Come get your child, oh, yeah. you know, because you it's too much. In, that's right. Yeah. It's children's ministry, and they're like, what's like, going on? Come get your child. <laughs> yeah, Please exactly. I, I, think, um, I think as the church, you know, we look at the Bible, and there's just so much about us being countercultural, and so much of the Bible is completely opposite of the world, and, and mm-hmm. we are all in that learning process of learning, you know, how to treat one another, how to treat someone better than ourselves, and, and Jesus is such a good example of these things in the Word of God. And I think culture is doing a better job at it now than they did. When I was young, if I would notice somebody who had disabilities, the only thing my parents said was, stop looking. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Stop looking. Don't look. Don't (laughs) ignore. Don't look. But I think think what you guys are saying, which would be helpful, is to um, train our leaders— and I've spent some time intentionally training my women's ministry leaders in this, that, you know, the the church is not a social club. Mm-hmm. The church is like you explained, where people are coming in, we're discipling, we're helping people grow, we're um, seeing needs and, and, um, and ministering to needs. This is not a social club. If you want to be social, you can go do that after. And there is a fellowship aspect, but fellowship is different mm-hmm. than being social. Fellowship is me seeing your need, you seeing mine. We're going to iron sharpening iron. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to help each other grow up in in the scriptures and and mature. And so I think that this is one of those areas that we need to give heed to. Mm -hmm. We need need to um, kind of come along. As you guys are talking, I've been thinking about Luke 14, 12 Mm -hmm. through 14, then he told the man who was in, who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, stop inviting only your friends, brothers, relatives, or rich neighbors. Otherwise, they may invite you in return, and you would be repaid. Instead, when you give a banquet, make it your habit to invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Then you will be blessed because they can't repay you, and you will be repaid when the righteous are resurrected. I mm-hmm. love that mm-hmm. scripture. Mm-hmm. What a fantastic scripture to, hey, see the need. Mm-hmm. See, see the need, not the need. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, see, see people who are in need, who need a friend, who need someone to come alongside them. Um, the Bible has a lot to say. Deuteronomy mm-hmm. 27, 18, cursed is anyone who leads a blind person astray on the road, mm-hmm. and all the people will reply, Amen. Psalm 139, 13 and 14, for um, it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. And I just love some of these these scriptures 
And I, I love that one, Brenda. I love that one. I tell that to my mm-hmm. children all the time. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to tell them that there is no mistake in how they are right. made. That's it goes right. back to the Ephesians two ten. Um, all God's handy were all God's handiwork created in Jesus to do good work. My son is a believer, so because of that, all believers have spiritual gifts, different gifts, but by one Spirit, they're all to be used in the body of Christ. And so yes. we need to see that just because it's a different gift doesn't mean it's not a gift from God. You know, right? And and I I love just that constant reminder, even to myself as a mom, that there's no mistake because That's I right. think there's a lot of guilt or worry that you mm-hmm. carry that what what did I do wrong? When was the point that I made a mistake that this happened? Or even just, you know, why God let this happen? I mean, your mind really goes as right. a parent yeah. and that you did something that this is the reason and the result of that. Yeah, right. I, I have a scripture, it might be a bit long, but um, about the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And these words are really precious to me from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Yeah. I'll skip a bit through, but start in verse 12. Mm -hmm. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. Mm -hmm. And I'll skip to verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Mm -hmm. And the parts that Mm -hmm. we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Mm -hmm. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. Mm -hmm while our presentable parts need no special treatment. Mm -hmm. And that just brings tears to my eyes because this is what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. that we might look at different people in our church and say, you know, um, the most important person's the pastor, and we all, you know, want to be focused on the leaders, or if we want to be important, we want to be doing, you know, something in front of others. But what I love about the Bible is that it is so countercultural. It is mm-hmm. so opposite of the way the world thinks that those who are great are the servant of all, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And that it says about those who we might think are weaker, are indispensable. You cannot go without them. They are so necessary in the body. Mm -hmm. And when we have children with special needs and family members with special needs who come into our building, they are indispensable. They are necessary there. Didn't it say in verse 18 that God has arranged the parts of the body, every single Mm -hmm. one of them, just as he wanted them to be. He has put his body together as he wants it to be. We need each other. We need people who are different. We need people with disability because it does create create in us compassion. It does create in us just such a difference of heart, I think, Mm -hmm. that we can look at people and say, you know, you are important because of who you are. You are created in the image of God and you have Mm -hmm. value because God gave you life here on earth. 
Amen. Preach, Amen. Rosemary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? Think about Moses in Exodus 4. You know, um, I'll read the verses, but you know the story. Mo- Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I I never have been, and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied. My words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes this person's mouth? Mm-hmm. Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? If If... Is it blah blah blah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, proving my own point. Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. What a mm-hmm. blessing mm-hmm. that the that the people of the Lord are. Everyone has value, and everyone brings glory to God through what they use and and what they can do for the Lord. In mm. At our church, I see David walking around. Mm-hmm. You know, your son, Christine, and he's um, he always has a smile on his face. Always. He'll come by my office and, hi, Brenda, how are you doing? <laughs> and he's always, you know, picking up trash. And I see him in worship, and he's playing the air guitar. You know, it just mm-hmm. it, it brings Ted and I to tears seeing yeah. him, but he brings glory mm-hmm. to God through what he does. And, mm-hmm. and um, there's so much that we can learn. I, I love what you said, Rosemary, that... This gives us an opportunity to see the heart of God, mm-hmm. to see the heart for His people, to see, because I think the world always tells us, like, this is the standard, mm-hmm. and this is what you should look like, this is the model mm-hmm. of the world that that you're to be, you know, you should be successful, and you should right. be good looking, and you should be skinny, and you should be athletic, and you should be all these things, <laughs> you should have money mm-hmm. and wealth and and. That has nothing to do with what mm-hmm. Jesus came to this world to do. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's almost a retraining yes. of, of our minds, so yeah. to speak. I love as you guys were talking, I had written down, I'll have value based on who they are and not mm-hmm. what they can do. And that's what mm-hmm. God has said. We have value because of who we are in Him, not by what we do, what we can say, how we can look, how well we do that, but by who we are in Christ and who Christ says we are. And so That's true. And I feel like even with... Um, my son, I, I mean, he worships unabandoned. He mm. loves unabandoned. Like, I don't, mm. I wish I had that kind of worship and heart towards others and towards God. Yes, mm. he has tantrums. Yes, he's, there's things that stir him up. But I, you know, when people are, let's say, um, are deaf, they have like a better sense of with their eyes or when they can't smell, they can see or whatever. Like wherever one sense is missing, I feel like there's, God gives them a greater sense in another area. And I really feel like-, like a, Yeah, mm-hmm. a compensation. Mm-hmm. But they, if, if we can see with our eyes, this is interesting. Um, we are missing out on other senses of mm-hmm. like touch mm-hmm. and sensation that they have a heightened sense yes, of. That's what so I they have a heightened mm-hmm. awareness in a different area yeah. that we might be missing out on because we don't have what they have. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they view the world very differently mm-hmm. and they um, experience the world very differently yeah. because they're made up differently. Yeah. Right. And that's actually really interesting. And it's right. needed. It's, cool. it's needed in the church. It's needed in the body. A healthy church is where everyone belongs and everyone serves. Everyone's using their gifts and growing. So. Right. I was thinking about that, you know, the bringing glory to God. And I, I was thinking that this Sunday, you know, we have a, a deaf ministry mm-hmm. at our church. I and um, and how beautiful that is that they... But I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, there's this glorious sound in the room and they don't have that 
but what they do have is just them and the Lord mm-hmm. in in that silence, and mm-hmm. and the expression is physical, mm-hmm. and watching them speak to each other, and watching them, you know, bring glory to God through their lives and and through the ministry they're they're bringing um, other people that mm-hmm. they know in their community mm-hmm. that are unique to their community, and they're bringing them in and introducing them to. Um, the Lord, and I don't know if it was Johnny Erickson taught it, but just mm-hmm. someone said, said, and I'll paraphrase and butcher it, but <laughs> basically the quote was something to the effect of like, you you don't know what you really have in you until you deal with something. You know, we know that she was mm-hmm. um, jumped into the Chesapeake Bay and became um, paralyzed, mm-hmm. and then she wrote all these books. I have some. You yeah you have some of her books, um, and she didn't know that that was like she said she probably would never have done that mm-hmm. had that not um, been her plight. And I love mm-hmm. the story in John chapter nine about the the blind man. Mm-hmm. Um, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, "Why was this man born blind?" Was it because of his own sin or mm-hmm. his parents' sin? And you were talking about that guilt, Rosemary, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it says in verse 3, It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in yeah. him. That's my favorite. How amazing mm-hmm. is that, that in life, no matter what plight we have, no matter how God, how unique God has made us, that God has made us so that the power of God mm-hmm. would be seen in our lives. And I just, mm-hmm. I love that. So as we're talking to leaders, what are some practical things that, you know, churches should be thinking about, should be um, maybe contemplating, maybe looking at in a, in a practical sense? I I would say um, a couple of, a lot of things, but let me tell you um, an interesting quote that people say that if you've met one person with autism, that means you've met one person. Mm-hmm. Meaning that people are so unique in their disabilities that um, if you have one family at your church with autism and, um, in the one of the family members, it doesn't mean that you can replicate your ministry to them with all people with autism because mm-hmm. they are all so unique mm-hmm. in their needs and in how they function. Mm-hmm. And so just in saying that, that I think it's so important to be, uh, to get comfortable with the terms, mm-hmm. to be able to talk about disability, um, special needs, and to be able to approach these families and, and just ask how they're doing. Mm-hmm. How is your family? Tell me about yourselves. Tell me what's going on. Um, we want to get to know you. And how can we minister to you? How can we accommodate you? Mm-hmm. And that is so important that it's it's addressed. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you you can approach these families and that your staff and your leaders are comfortable talking about it. Right, right. I have I that to emphasize that they're people first and then disabilities. Not just the disability; they're people first. You know, mm-hmm. and so yeah, and 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 I had read a quote that said the desire to belong is not a special need, but it's a human need. So right. it's like they're they're an image of Christ first, and then as you build that relationship, open that communication, and talk, then okay, now let's see where can we help. Right. And, and that's going to be the thing, you know, some, uh, some people with a mental disability might really struggle um, with things that you might never have thought of. Because, you know, as you think about this, church is designed and made by people uh, who don't have disability. <laughs> I don't think 
people with disabilities were in mind when churches were organized or even designed or how the service runs was organized. You know, um, what really helps, I think, a family uh, with disability is to know what to be prepared for. That, um, you know, if someone's coming in with a wheelchair, can I get in with the wheelchair? Is there wheelchair access? Mm -hmm. Do the bathrooms have wheelchair access? I mean, these are things to code, you know, that this Mm -hmm. is... We're talking about legal stuff now, but that's stuff that they want to know. Can we be accommodated in that building? And then after that, you know, people, uh, we've gotten emails from people saying, I have a son with special needs. Can he come to a Sunday school class? Mm -hmm. They want to know, can can you accommodate me? Um, And then I'll show up. And so they try it. And I know people who have tried church after church after church, Mm -hmm. and they just either don't feel accepted because this is the thing, right? If uh, you bring your kids to church, you know, you have to be quiet. Don't talk. The pastor's talking, uh, you know, keep Your quiet. Your dad's and, talking, and, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, these are these are things people with special needs might blurt out. They might say something out loud during the service. And, right. you know, are the ushers going to run over there and tell them to be quiet? I mean, how is this going to work in your building? Right. How are your leaders yeah. going to treat these people? How are they going to be accommodated? Yeah, I actually had that situation happen um, in church a long time ago, probably 17, 20 years ago, and there was a little boy in the service, and he blurted out, and the pastor actually said, hey, can you, you know, like, basically, like, we're doing holy things here, (laughs) and can you keep your kid quiet, or can you take them out? And then he found out later that the kid had special needs, and and he felt horrible, and I'm sure that he never said anything like that again, Mm -hmm. but I think what you're talking about is for church leaders to consider that when we have events— Consider that there are going to be people there that that might need some accommodation. You know, taking these things into account. I know in our children's ministry we have a buddy system. So if there's someone that comes in with special needs, they might get you know a, a special friend or somebody to sit with them to help mm-hmm. them through some different things. And um, right. that might be a way that they can think of. For me, while you guys were talking, it just made me think like I need my children's ministry director to let me know like who are these families right. i don't know who the special needs mm-hmm. kids are or the disabled kids in our church and that would be helpful for other ministries to right. talk through so that we can then collectively minister to the family yeah. so that when the mom comes in and she seems discombobulated or or uh, um exhausted i we have the knowledge of that yes. in bible study that we can you know pour out extra grace and extra right. love and Right. And, and you know, just these are things that you can be preemptive about. You don't have to make that mistake and hurt that family and maybe send them away forever. Um, just, you know, just having grace for the people in the service and letting your leaders be prepared that if these things happen, this is how we should you know, deal with it or, you know, behave and help these people, things like that. And, and, you know, one, um, one thing that I think really helps is that you can explain the order of service so that families know what to expect. Like first we do, you know, announcements, worship, then someone preaches and then, you know, it's just as long as people know there's going to be five songs that last about this long. And that actually really helps because people with special needs uh, do have, I know with the mental disabilities, there's a lot of anxiety, Mm -hmm. just not knowing what's going to happen, what will be there, what will it be like? And there's so much anxiety in going into the building and trying it that it would know it would be 
helpful to know ahead of time all of oh. these things. Yeah, I think more of children's ministry too, like you were saying, a buddy system. I know there's different things you can add to that. I mean, I think it's training and you have these volunteers, you have people coming in and out, normally kids with disabilities or special needs like routine. So if there's a new person, a new room, new sounds, there's all these things that go on. Um, And we have like within the school district, we have, you know, these fidget bags that we have. So maybe like a buddy could have a buddy bag. So when they're getting a little hyped up, well, let's take them out and let's, or here's a fidget, or let's take them to a space where we know that it will be okay and safe for them and then bring them back in. It's always to re- establish them back into the community around them. But if they need a moment to go out, mm-hmm. if they need some kind of decompressing, if they need to go. And I think that just comes with training, training, training yeah. and knowledge. Training, I right. mean, right. even as parents, I feel like there's so many children that I worked with that their parents are dropping them off at school and they don't even have the tools that we do at the school for their child that they need those tools to take home. And so many times, I think it's just a lot has to do with communication. I think we need to be about people and not so much about progress as far as, okay, just getting the kids in, making sure their name tags on, but more like stopping, hi, how are you today? How's he doing today? You know, ask, being able to ask those questions and communicate with the parents mm-hmm. when it comes to children's ministry to me is a big thing. Stop, smile, look at the person in the eye, take a moment to take their kid in. Is there anything that your child needs from us today? How's your child feeling today? And that could just be a general question. So it's not like a single child is single to help, you know, and maybe that would open a conversation. Right. right. I but. was just thinking in larger churches, like it might even be a good idea to have maybe like kind of an ambassador and information officer, if mm-hmm. you will, um, for special needs or disabilities mm-hmm. that someone that might be at the information center that someone could, you know, go to and say, well, how does the service run? Or they would just know they might have some information that they could put together and just yeah. say, this is how children's ministry runs. This is what we do. This is what we do mm-hmm. in service and give them. We often have fidget bags mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in, so we have bags ready for kids um, and if they go into the sanctuary, they can get a bag so that they have, you know, some things to do. Mm-hmm. And um, so we've taken some steps, but I think this is a really good conversation because I really think that the staff of a church, that the ministry leaders, we need to be talking about these mm-hmm. things. I think, like you guys said, we need awareness to this situation. Um, so anything in wrapping up that you guys um, have you know, that you had on your hearts just to share with some of the the people that are listening today? For me, I just want to say real quick to end it, I guess, is that, you know, we can have all the knowledge, we can have all the training, we can read all the books. And at the end of the day, though, we got to just pray that it's the heart of people because not my passion is going to be their passion. Not my understanding is going to be someone else's understanding. You know, this might not be something that even touches your world and your circle of influence, but at the same time, it is the church and it is the body. And so even though I've never, or maybe someone has never dealt with it personally, doesn't mean that they um, shouldn't know, but then also ask the Lord to give them a heart for those who it does affect, you know, and it does influence. And so I think... That's my my thing is that we can have all these things laid out, but there's still going to be those who don't have necessarily the heart and the patience for um, people who are just difficult and, and different, maybe. Not even difficult, but just different. You know? And that's great so. advice. Lord, give us a heart <laughs> yes. for your people, right. all of your right. people. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I, I would say a couple of things that um, what you were talking about, Christine, it's uh, the way that things are going, especially here where we are in the U.S., that they want to integrate these children, whereas in the past, they would give them their own room and you uh, if you have a disability, you would be in here and the rest of us go over here. Mm-hmm. But that really isn't healthy or helpful mm-hmm 
to these to this people group. And what you what what we encourage is that you do as best as you can what everyone else is doing right. with support. You can do these things mm-hmm. or we will help you do these things so that you can be in uh, with your peers, which is so, I think, encouraging that you want to encourage that kind of um, interaction with peers and with all kinds of people because the body of Christ is so diverse and mm-hmm. this is what it looks like. And so I um, want to encourage parents too because leaders... Um, have children with disability and we have so many people around us that we need to encourage to just keep trying, keep going to church. A lot of people give up Mm -hmm. and a lot of people sit in their car and never even make it in the building. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would just say that I would just keep bringing my kids in Mm -hmm. even when they're having, you know, a total meltdown about their socks and how they feel or whatever that might be. It is actually embarrassing a mm-hmm. lot of times to parents who deal with these things. Mm-hmm. And if you have children with disability, you know, there is so much humility that comes alongside that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you you always as a parent, I think, have to think about these things because as a parent, we uh, put a lot of value in our children and look at all the things my kids can do and look at how great they are. And then uh, if you have children with disability, you know what what do you want to say? Hey, look at look at my child. Look at all the things they can do. Look at what they've accomplished. Look at their awards. Yay! You know all these things about my children. But I think that we should come, and that's not our value in what mm-hmm. we we've accomplished with our children. Mm-hmm. But we value them in who they are in Christ. That mm-hmm. they are made in the image of God, and that they have value just in that alone. And they should be loved and welcomed everywhere we go. And in saying these things, I would just keep encouraging that you. Your children are needed in our fellowship. You uh, mm-hmm. you should not give up, even though it's sometimes embarrassing or just exhausting, <laughs> and just keep trying, keep coming, because honestly, um, these children will see the pattern. They start to learn. They start to figure it out. And it might take three years of going to church. I, I'm going to tell you that my child was seven years old the first time, and this makes me cry, the first time we went to church without screaming and crying, mm. oh. seven years old. And that was quite a journey. Right? Yeah. And that's a victory that you might've just had alone and no one else knew, right? No, most people don't know. They don't know the struggle. Yeah. 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 And they don't see that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because when, when you walk in, my child doesn't look like they have a right. disability, mm-hmm. but they do. Yeah. And, you know, this is really um, hard for me as a parent, mm-hmm. you know, and I just never gave up because I knew this is where we belonged. Yeah. We are never giving up. And I just want to encourage these parents, your children will see the value in it as you continue to go. They will realize this is where we go. This is what we do on Sundays yeah. and not to give up. Amen. You know what I would also like to see? Because it's not just children, but caretakers of those with disability. There's those who are caretakers of adults, of siblings, of things people with disabilities that are 24-7 care. And so if the church could give some kind of respite, some kind of encouragement, some kind of help, Mm -hmm. maybe give a meal, like maybe wouldn't they have, you know, you know how many appointments and doctor appointments and things like that? There's just so much that comes with Mm -hmm. disabilities that sometimes is 24-7. And so I think we just need to be aware of those families in our congregation as well. Helping helping care. Mm -hmm. What kind of resources would you guys recommend um, maybe it's for parents, maybe it's for church leaders. What what kind of resources would you guys recommend? 
Well, I have, I'm like, I have my stack of books on my table right here that I had. Um, some of them I've read and some of them I'm going to I'm looking to read. at Christine's stack on the table. And I don't know if we this is just might been, be here a while. Over the years, but really Johnny Erickson Tata is really who, when I first found out about David's diagnosis, um, I was looking for something biblical. There has to be biblical resources mm-hmm. for my son because the world is going to deal with it differently than I feel the heart of Christ wants to deal, not deal with it, um, handle it. And so... Um, so anyway, John, Johnny Erickson Tata, she has a great, and she even has where they will come and help your church be more accessible to those with disability, give grants and things like that. But she also has resources on curriculum, how to meet the family, how, how to help the siblings, how to build a curriculum, how to bring it into your children's ministry. So I, I, I get, um, she's one that I really go to. And then I have another book, which the Lord led me to like two summers ago to have just open it up to the community that if anyone has a child with a disability or special needs to come and let's just read this book together. And I actually met one mom that I had never known before this. She came to my house, which is crazy, a stranger. Um, and we read this book, um, Unbroken Faith by Diane Daco Kim. And she has a great website. She's a speaker. She's a teacher. She has a blog. And she has a son who also has a disability. And so she has a very big passion for that community. But there's many others, but those are probably the two that I mostly go to. And Johnny Erickson taught her, it's Johnny and Friends, right? Yes. So if someone wanted to reach yes, out. Johnny and and what's the title of her book? Well, this one Real is Families, Real, Real Families, Needs. Real Needs, A Compassionate Guide for Families Living with Disabilities. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then there's also, I forgot if there was another one that Jer, Johnny Erickson taught us. She, this special kind of love, this is just something for parents. A lot of these were for the parent, <laughs> you know, for those who love children with special needs. And I think it's important too for leadership, even though they don't have a child, to know right. the heart of parents and mm-hmm. families and what they go through. A lot of these have stories about what it is to raise a child and what the household looks like in the family. Family looks like um, so. Absolutely. What about you, Rosemary? Resources? Yeah i I have a stack of books for myself too. Um, things recommended by the doctors. Um, information's always you know forthcoming. There's always something new out there, mm-hmm. and I have as a parent dug around a lot um, and just looked for my own information on how to help my child and my my family. So I, I found something very interesting that there is a website uh, called the autism pass or it's called autismpastor.com. There is actually a pastor who has autism and he was diagnosed after being a pastor. And I just came across his ministry thinking this was just so interesting. And he deals with this topic. He wrote some books and um, the way that he can speak into this community has just been so interesting to me um, with you know, disability and mental disability. So I just found some interesting information from him. What's and his name? His website is autismpastor.com. Very interesting. And um, he helps explain, I think, to how a church can um, minister to people with special needs. And um, also just this was my recommendation as a resource is to actually talk to the family members Mm -hmm. (laughs) because like I said a while ago that if you've met one person with autism, you've met one. They're Mm -hmm. so unique that their needs will be different 
and um, how you minister to them will be very different. Some of these kids don't want to be touched. It might really send them over the top mm-hmm. if you touch them. Um, worship might be overwhelming. You know, just there's so many right. things that you don't know and that you should ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you guys a, just a heartfelt question. Do you mind if people ask you questions about your children's disabilities? Because when I get to know somebody, I'm a question. Uh, I ask questions. I ask tons of questions. So is that acceptable or is that something that's like, no, um, that's something that you don't want people to do? So I I would say that for us, it's on a need-to-know basis. So it's if um, someone's dealing with my child, uh, working with my child, then it's a need-to-know basis, and I would instruct and give information on how to help my child, what to do if this happens, and how to work okay. with them. That's so you important. don't want to just have inquiries about what you're dealing with. What about you, Christine? Um, I'm too much of an open book. I'm a, my husband says I am an open book with everything, but um, I don't go around and say, "Oh, my son has special needs." But at the same time, it's if if there's a, a like if he's going to work, if he's going to go on a field trip, if he's in ministry, I kind of wanted them to know. You know, he has a little problem with social cues. You can tell him. You can be straightforward with him if he's getting too much or talking too much. So I, I feel like I inform them of those things. Um, usually, that will lead to conversations like, "Oh, what's his diagnosis?" So I don't have mm-hmm. a problem sharing it. Um, but I don't go around blatantly just shouting right, it. Right. <laughs> right. And and I would say that, that that's very true because it's important that people understand why your child is doing what they do or behaving how they behave. Right. Um, like getting up and walking out um, is actually how they're taught maybe to cope right. with Coping. Um, right. when they're feeling overwhelmed. And so that's why you need to instruct and, you know, just realize that, no, this is not a bad kid just getting up and leaving when they want. No, this is not a kid who doesn't care. No, you know what I mean? Right. So it really explains the person yeah. and should bring them to compassion into being able to work with your yeah. child. And that's what I think. If I, if I know, then I would have more compassion um, right. on, on but that situation. But it's not general knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like if it's not an obvious, right. uh, like maybe someone in a wheelchair or with Down syndrome, yeah. that's more obvious that right. there's a disability there. Right. But it's up to each family yeah. how much they want to talk about it or let it be generally known. Right. That's very personal because it's mm-hmm. medical information as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you guys. This was such a great and needed conversation for the church and for those who are listening. I appreciate both of you so much for just being vulnerable and open and and sharing um, your stories. Um, So thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us today at the table. We hope you find this content helpful wherever you serve. You can follow us on Instagram at When She Leads, and you can join our virtual table by following us on Facebook at When She Leads Podcast, where we ask questions and discuss the episodes ongoing, and we would love to hear from you. So come join the conversation. And well, finally, we have an exciting announcement. Yeah. Um, We are gearing up for our very first When She Leads conference. Yes. So I would like you to save the date for October 21st and 22nd of this year. 
Here we're going to host this at um, in beautiful Temecula, California. Registration is going to go live July 17th, where early bird pricing will be available. So more information is coming at whensheleads.org, so be looking out for that. We are super excited about this year's theme, Breaking New Ground from Hosea 10. 12. Ladies, come and be refreshed, and let's get prepared for all that God wants to do in us and through us as He breaks new ground for us to walk in. So super excited. Are you coming from Colorado, Rosemary? Yes, I'll be there. I'm a San Diegan. You know I'm a San Diegan. Oh, that's right. You have to come because you have peeps you need to see here. (laughs) Alrighty, until then, remember to lead people to know, love, and serve Jesus. 